Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Court Today. Court Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Court's greatest hits. C103. And good morning, our lines are open, 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments this morning. You can always text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Or if you're on Facebook, send us a message via Messenger to C103 Cork on Facebook. Ahead on the programme, we will be trying to see if and what is happening ahead for the week regarding snow in Cork. It does look like at this stage, Wednesday into Thursday could be the time when we see snowfalls. But will there be anything to stop us moving around now a lot of people will say we're not moving anyhow due to the 5k but those of us who are still working uh, within supermarkets or hospitals or wherever you are will still need to get to and from work so we'll try and find out later uh, what is happening with regards our weather also walkers that are bringing their dogs with them to scenic areas and then letting their pets roam off around that area and what is happening is it seems that these dogs are running after sheep some attacking uh, but majority of them are running after sheep and then you have sheep running away from the dog getting caught in rocks uh, getting injured and many farmers now are just sick of this they've contacted us over the last number of days uh, but especially yesterday we had a lot of calls from farmers uh, one farmer I spoke to from the Mushra area which is between um, Croom and Mill Street and he was frustrated that walkers were in that area dogs roaming running after sheep uh, causing distress to the animals and for others then in different parts of the county when they approached those walkers the walkers said that they had a right to be there and they had a right to do that yet uh, the farmer's animals were in distress and some injured so we'll discuss that this morning your views are welcome Uh, there seems to be a mixed view on this some people feel they have a right to walk wherever they want to and let their animals roam free because it's an open countryside while farmers are saying it's not and they must respect the animals that are always uh, in that countryside 24-7 and not just for the few hours those walkers turn up or uh, maybe over the last year as more people have taken up walking. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that and we'll continue our discussion on rent increases for council tenants, something that came up on the show yesterday and some council tenants feel it's unfair that their rent is going to go up. We'll hear about that on the programme this morning and discuss that issue. And while everybody is asking when certain things will reopen, publicans are warning uh, those who at some stage this year when the public 
pubs do reopen, not all will reopen, as a number of Cork pubs have called time on their operations. We'll be speaking with Michael O'Donovan from the Cork Vintners on that. Uh, something like we've seen when it comes to social dancing, a number of calls come in here uh, from people who want to know when is that going to come back, when are those dance halls or wherever the venue is or wherever the event is being held in, when is that going to come back? And many and that run these events have said we don't know if we'll ever actually open up again we were struggling as it was the cost of insurance was also another issue and many are saying uh, this is it so while things will reopen a lot of places won't and it's not to do with the COVID that just has given them a push over to make a decision is all this really worthwhile to us when we're not making a lot of money and we're struggling to survive as it was before any COVID came into this country so we'll discuss that uh, with Michael later and it's something that affects all industries not only the the pub business, uh, while many people feel that they can't wait to go back to this and that, it's a, a factor that was playing a part in business long before uh, COVID ever came. Many businesses were struggling, uh, regardless of where they're operating really at the moment, whether that be city or county, but especially we would have heard of pubs in rural areas struggling long before anything happened with regard to COVID. And later in the programme, Joe Heffin and our regular councillor will be on around half twelve or so. And this is to do with what we're calling toxic positivity and it's something that we're all guilty of and maybe somebody that is in a situation looking for advice and some of us can turn around and say it'll be grand it'll be all right I think positive when that person really wants to bounce ideas off you uh, we'll go into more detail with Joe and explain what exactly is toxic positivity as we look on becoming more positive over the next number of months of Joe Heffernan our regular counsellor on the show joining us after 12.30 that and more to come and our lines are open for your comments. 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or indeed tweet this morning at C103 Cork. And while everybody is obeying what is happening at the moment, the Chief Superintendent for Cork, Barry McPolin, uh, he's come out yesterday and it's reports in many of the papers that, and you heard Barry as well in our news, uh, that over 200 fines were issued by Gardaí in the city over the weekends and these were for breaches of COVID-19 rules and these were house parties that were being held right across the city uh, but also people who were gathering in the suburbs and drinking in maybe parks or isolated areas of the suburbs and it's so-called bush drinking. And Gardaí were called to these areas and people were fined. One of those uh, was at the lock uh, on the south side of the city and while Gardaí are dealing with all of those issues uh, over the weekend, uh, vaccines are still being spoken about and booster vaccines it seems now, uh, they may be needed to shore up the protection against uh, COVID-19. This is due to the threat posed by the new variants we all keep hearing about such as uh, the Brazilian or the South African variant uh, that has uh, grown over the last number of months and as officials say we could be likely to see more variants over time and they'll yet to be identified but they more than likely will come. Uh, the One of the doctors involved in this says we don't necessarily need uh, to have an annual vaccination. It depends on, on how things will go. And that's according to Dr. Killian de Gascon, director of the National Virus Reference Laboratory. He said it's quite possible that we will need to boost our immunity over the coming years as the virus continues to evolve. So he does say there's good news already on that vaccines that are in place are being developed and can be updated 
over time to deal with all the various strains that may come down the road. Uh, but on the what is happening at the moment, uh, as things and, and as viruses like the do continue to evolve, they're positive that what we have in place will work for new strains of this virus, but also and that we could see boosters coming over the years, which would have happened many years ago for... Uh, all the various vaccines that we all remember getting growing up and you would have got a booster maybe uh, 10, 15 years later. Anyhow, that could be something that might be happening when it comes to COVID and speaking of vaccinations, then people asking where are the centres? You would have heard yesterday City Hall is being decked out as a vaccination centre. Also, Parky Cueve now is being mentioned as uh, we heard yesterday here on the show that Mallow GA Complex at Carrigoon is also going to be a vaccination centre. And in West Cork, it hasn't been confirmed as yet, but it's understood uh, that the Bantry Primary Healthcare Centre, that could be a location as we're hearing Ahamilla, uh, the GA complex in Clonakilty also being looked at, but they're not confirmed yet. So for, for West Cork, those areas not confirmed. The other areas of Cork, uh, they are all, called, are, are all confirmed. I presume it's to do with negotiations and looking to see if venues are available and how they'll work it out when it comes to West Cork. Once we get confirmation, because I know we're getting a lot of calls on that and indeed texts and messages into us on social media, when we do get verification on what's happening uh, with regards to those centres in West Cork, we will let you know ASAP. But for the moment, uh, just speculation and it's understood that the Bantry Primary Care Centre and also uh, the Clinical DJ Complex in Ahamela, they're being looked at. That's not to say now that they'll actually go ahead there but they're being looked at anyhow as possible venues Uh, once we get confirmation on those we will let you know and uh, something that has been a worry to many people and this is the meat factories and the meat plants as we stick with COVID because many saying something needs to be done and looked at uh, when it comes to these uh, running of these plants well again a small number of additional cases of COVID-19 it has been detected at the APB meat plant in Bandon a spokesperson for the company has come out and said following screening of staff at that meat plant over the last week uh, they have been notified of two extra positive COVID cases. Uh, You'll know in January there was 66 staff they tested positive for the virus. Uh, That plant alone employs around 300 staff. It's based on the McCroom Road out of Bandon uh, but two additional cases there at the APB meat factory in Bandon and while it's all going on the hospitals are busy the healthcare workers are under pressure and they're saying now they're suffering burnout uh, because of everything going on they're looking at the public to behave themselves and they're also saying uh, that when it comes to nurses and doctors and consultants and the pressure that has been put on them as they battle to save those who are in the hospitals with the virus they're asking now uh, for the government to intervene here and look uh, towards the future of nursing because many uh, nurses when they were speaking to their the IMO and other groups that they just feel they're exhausted and mentally drained by what is happening so they're asking for help uh, from the state on this and something totally different and this is from Kilgarvan in Kerry and you will be well aware the Healy Raid brothers it's their country but uh, they have vowed to fight on after Kerry County Council they came out and said they would remove their election posters this is a fight that's been going on for the last week or so uh, and basically it means the council have said there is two election posters still hanging in place in Kilgarvel village which the council and Kerry say are a violation of the Planning and Development Act the council maintains that large signs uh, they considered them to be structures and that the 
Healy Rays don't have a planning permission. Now the poster, and if you ever drive through Kilgarvan, as many people would have over the years, uh, you will be well aware of these big signs. There, one of them is for Deputy Danny Healy Ray. It hangs above the door of the Jackie Healy Ray Bar, and that is where Danny lives. And then there's another separate poster of Michael Healy Ray, and that's on the grounds of his own garage and shop. Over the years, the big picture of Jackie Healy Ray was on the similar areas. So while some people are asking why now are Kerry County Council involved, the Healy Rays said they will defend those posters that they have up and have been there uh, for many years. And we always hear about our politicians and the misspending. And we've heard about that famous printer, wasn't it, in Dalairn and in Linster House that they paid a fortune for and they still uh, not in operation. They're waiting on training or some guy from the UK to come over and train them on how to use this. Either is it either a photocopy? No, it's a printer. It is a printer and how to use this printer. Anyhow, let's look at the UK. And this comes from the Times of London and the government official there is under investigation. Why? He spent thousands of money on Chocolates, yes, on chocolates. And this just happened before Christmas. The member of the Information Commissioner's Office, he spent, wait for this, over £6,000 sterling at Hotel Chocolat on a corporate credit card and it will be decided whether he did or not uh, breach the state spending rules. But over £6,000 sterling that guy spent on chocolate. So while you give out, and we all give out about the misspending here in this country, uh, it's not only here, it's happening across the world, it seems, when it comes to politicians misspending the public's money. Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome on what we're discussing this morning and what you wish to raise. Bernie taking your comments, 1850-333-103, or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Good morning to you. It's Cork Today with you until one. Your views are welcome on 1850-333-103. And we're discussing the issue of walkers and dogs in a few minutes. Uh, and these are walkers who are bringing their dogs to scenic areas, letting them run wild and and then it seems dogs are attacking farm animals, especially sheep, sheep even, in some areas of the county. Uh, but on dogs, a few more people have been on with various reasons why they're not happy and how people behave with their pets. First of all, a texter here says, My wife and I walk our local area in Glantan and the new footpaths, they're safe to walk on. Uh, but dog owners have no respect. There's a lot of dog fouling on footpaths in both places. It's a disgrace. And uh, staying with that, another person here is saying uh, dogs and sheep, it's a worry, but could dog owners also leave the same dogs who leave the same dogs loose in public places give a thought for other people who use the same vicinity and pick up the dog poo after them? If you have a pet, well then be responsible uh, is the message from that texter on 0862103103 and yeah it is up to the, the pet owner You, I mean we're blaming the dogs but the dog isn't really to blame here it's those who own the dog they're the ones letting the dog run wild on the fields and on the footpath and letting the dog do their business uh, we're hoping to get that at issue as well on the show if not today tomorrow to do with the dog fouling which is again becoming a big issue but we'll uh, discuss that uh, I think in more detail at this stage tomorrow on the programme but your views are you noticing that where you go for a walk and that walk area over the last while has got a lot busier is there an issue with people leaving dogs room and have you witnessed farm animals being attacked there is a mixed views on that some people feel they they have the right to go along and lead their dogs room well we'll find out more we'll discuss that next your views are welcome text or whatsapp 086 2103 call bernie 1850 or you can send us a message via facebook to c103 cork on facebook 
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now, a lot of our countryside is at risk of being made off limits. And this is due to walkers with dogs because farmers have issued information about a spate of attacks on livestock. The Irish Farmers Association have launched a campaign called No Dogs Allowed. And to tell us more, I'm joined from the IFA by Sean Dinehy, who's chair of the National Sheep Committee and also here from the Cork area. Good morning to you, Sean. Thanks very much, John Paul, for having me on. And thanks for joining us. Now, we've got a lot of calls yesterday morning from various areas of Cork about this. And the majority of those were from farmers, but also people who were just always walking in that area. And one of those areas was Mushra. In particular, we got a lot of calls from, which is, as you'll know, because you're from Carrigadrochid, is between McCroom and Mill Street. First of all, do you believe that some dog owners, they don't realise the damage their pets are inflicting on sheep or indeed other animals? by leaving them roam along the hills wherever they be across Cork or indeed across the country? Um, yeah, their dogs are inflicting fierce damage on, on sheep, on, on hills. Um, we've had, you know, we've in recent times we've had sheep kills. We've had we've had a sheep kill yesterday in Kerry. We had, um, you know, sheep coming back with broken legs. Sheep, uh, one, one particular case on Musher where a dog was chased the sheep from the top of the hill down to the road and the, and the yoke collapsed uh, from a heart attack from the the run that she got from the dog and she was wearing a lamb. So, you know, we have farmers around at the weekends and they're uh, constantly reminding people to keep their dogs on leads or to get off their lands with their dogs or they should be muzzled or they shouldn't be there. And it's come to the stage now where, where we've asked people to keep their dogs on leads and it hasn't happened. So for, for this uh, particular reason, we've just uh, considered that no dogs allowed is a, a more appropriate action to take. People are welcome to come up and walk, but not with their dogs. And when the farmer or whoever approaches the dog owner and says, you, you know, you should have this pet in a leash, the pet isn't on a leash, and they're approached, are, are they understanding? What's the feedback from farmers who have approached people who have been letting their pets roam freely around those hills and mountains? Um, farmers' uh, feedback is um, varied. A lot of the time, the farmer gets verbal abuse and intimidation, and other times, uh, the the owners are very nice and they put their dog back on a lead. But as soon as the farmer has turned his back and gone away down from them again, um, they leave them off. So it's you've got two two types of people there, and it's not working on either one of them. So you know, it's the same action from both. Only you get more aggro from one one person than the other so it's just that's why we have asked for no dogs allowed on on our hills and our mountains and also on our lowland areas that people keep their dogs under control and keep them inside in their own property and not leave them roam wherever they want I know the issue of micro-tripping has come up a lot over the last number of years for all dogs. It's a possible solution, but I think overall from what we're hearing is that regardless of microchips or not, it's the owners of the dogs are those who need to be reprimanded because they're usually there with the dog and they can't see the trouble the dog is causing. So microchipping, yeah, it's an answer, but it won't. It isn't the solution. It's, it's more or less dealing with the attitude of people. It would seem from what we're hearing anyhow, what you're obviously getting as well in your feedback. Yeah, it, it's the attitude of the people. Look, dogs do what dogs do. Dogs will chase wildlife, they'll t- chase animals. But it's 
the people that are supposed to be in control of them, the dog owners. It's the dog owners' responsibility. I don't blame the dogs for any of the action that's been, uh, any of the, you know, uh, trauma that's been caused to our sheep. It's the owners that are responsible for the dogs. And if the owners were responsible and kept their dogs inside and didn't take their dogs onto the hills without a lead, um, we wouldn't have the situation where we're banning all dogs from the hills. And I mentioned there at the start about the No Dogs Allowed campaign. Just tell me about that because as it is, we've a lot of calls coming in from people who feel they have a right to walk at the countryside. We all pay our taxes. We all have a right to these open air spaces and the farmers can't be telling us what to do because they might own land left or right of a walk. Uh, how, how would this work? Because again, even this morning, conflicting uh, texts coming in from those who feel they're allowed to leave their dog run free. Uh, how would this No Dogs Allowed campaign w- work in situations whereby you're in an area that I feel might bounce onto a, a public wood or a public area, but still uh, walkers, pets are causing a nuisance to farmers? Um, it's it's uh, The people are in charge of these animals and shouldn't be taking them onto the hills. It's not no place for, for dogs. People go onto hills walking, and some people have to be airlifted off them. Other people get lost. So it's no mountaineering. Ireland has come out and said that uh, they're in favour of the no dog policy on on mountains and hills. So, like they've fourteen thousand members, it, people aren't entitled to take their dogs onto private land. Are not allowed to. They must have their dogs on a lead. But we've gone a step further. They should not be on the the mountains and the hills. It's not an appropriate place to have your dog. You can leave your dog off a lead and leave him run wherever he wants. You wouldn't do it inside in the town because he'd get knocked down. You, you, likewise, there's, there's things you can't do in the countryside as well. You can leave a dog off a lead because he's going to cause damage to, to livestock and annoy other people. So for that reason, we're asking people not to take their dogs on, onto, the, onto hills and mountains. There's no dogs allowed. That's that's our stance, and and it's because of people that are irresponsible that this is the stance that we have had to take. Um, also, on the microchipping, I know it doesn't solve all the problems, but we, we are growing. Uh, we have a growing frustration with the with the local authorities and with the minister. We've been harping on about this for years and years and years, and there's nothing has has come about it. There's no there's no fines for for uh, dog owners who've done damage to, to livestock. Uh, the sanctions aren't high enough to, to, as a deterrent and farmers are losing, you know, they're, they're not very confident in the system. So there has to be an overall review of the whole thing. And when you ask for a review and you mentioned there about the no dogs allowed and what you can do I mean one of the things that has come in from Liz here is that it's all very well to say that no dogs are allowed and have signs up would it be an idea for those areas worse affected I mean we just mentioned Mushra there earlier to have someone from the IFA there and maybe it's time to work with the authorities and issue fines you know, we're not going to be able to have the Gardaí at every location issuing fines they're busy enough but have someone have something in place that somebody can issue fines at a location if someone is seen to be misbehaving is that something that can be worked at? We'd, we'd prefer a way more if people were responsible and didn't actually take dogs onto these areas um, they not want us if your car is being annoyed to other people, you're not wanted in that area. If you if you don't adhere to the rules, like it's fine. We've been harping on about this, and we've done an awful lot of awareness about it. And it's still, people are are not doing what they're supposed to do. Mm. 
but that's why we have gone on on this road that uh, we don't want dogs on our hills and our mountains and we want dogs kept under control inside. Like only yesterday there was a, a, a sheep attacked in Cork and there was been a sheep attack in Kerry and every day there's a sheep attack all over the country. I, I'd say from some of the figures that we've got that there's an awful amount of uh, sheep being killed across the country and um, when when the figures will be published that'll show that there is a lot, an awful lot of damage being done in every county. And just outside of the Walker issue, uh, finally, Sean, we mentioned fines there. Over the last number of years, we've had farmers on, and this is just for pets in maybe nearby where the farmer lives running in and killing sheep and their vicious attacks. Have any dog owners been fined for those attacks over the last number of years? No, um, there has been fines issued, yes, in Cork. There has been fines issued. Um, and Cork is one of the foremost counties in dog control in the country, and and the dog ward and services is pretty good in Cork. We out of we estimate that there are around eight hundred thousand dogs in the country, and only two hundred and seventeen thousand of eight hundred thousand and two hundred and seventeen thousand are licensed. So, you know, there's a, a big gap between what people should. It's a legal requirement to to have a license, and and there's a big gap between what people are doing and what people should be doing and the dog warden the ser- uh, service depends on 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 that funding because that's how it's funded and like the, the, the dog warden service has good you know has a, a good input as well because when people are misfortunate enough that their dog does go missing they can reunite them with their owners using the microchip uh, so like you know, we, we do need a better dog warden service as well on top of it all. It needs to be better funded because there, Cork might be a good county for the dog warden service, but there's other counties that are very big and vast and only have maybe one dog warden covering the whole county. Yeah, and, and being a, as you mentioned, Cork being a, a huge county, we, we do need more investment in that. Uh, it's, it's hard for somebody enforcing those laws to be travelling from Mitchellstown to Beira uh, when that could be a journey of three hours. Anyhow, Sean, this is something I'm sure we'll go back to. It seems to be a lot of it down to uh, people's attitudes uh, rather than dogs, but it's something we'll be going back to for the moment. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. That is Sean Dennehy uh, from the IFA. He's chair of the National Sheep Committee from the IFA and a lot of people... Uh, agree with Sean and agree with people when it comes to the issue of uh, dog walkers and responsibility. Dennis saying uh, when I mentioned Musher there he feels walkers are continuing to walk on Musher between McCroom and Mill Street. Their dogs are roaming around at the sheep on the mountain and for us farmers it's very disheartening for us all. Uh, Cormac says I have approached people many times but they feel they have a right to be on the walkway and they just continue on walking even though their dogs are running after my sheep. They don't see a problem with that. One of them actually said I should not have sheep in this area even though I own the land and they're walking more or less through my land uh, says Cormac. Well, Niall says a dog ran after one of his sheep recently and something that Sean mentioned there as well. The sheep, when he was trying to run away from uh, the actual dog, his leg got caught in a rock and in the end the sheep suffered a broken leg. Uh, but who was responsible for that? The dog ran away. We could not find the dog owners and we were left picking up the cost for looking after our sheep again. 
it's very disheartening for us farmers to deal with this and it's more so over the last 12 months that this this kind of problem uh, Niall says has increased and Martin is in Mitchellstown he goes well at least someone is talking about this issue it's been kept under the carpet for too long dogs and sheep it is very hard to get any satisfaction from dog owners says Martin if your sheep are killed or injured while John says we had a similar issue uh, to an earlier caller you mentioned and it was Sean that raised this as, this as well uh, on the people's attitude and on the way that people react when approached by farmers. His son ended up squaring up to a guy who would not take responsibility for their dog who continued to run and jump on top of our sheep as our sheep ran away. No one wanted responsibility. They felt they owned the land they walked on. It's ridiculous. Find them now or somebody will get injured as tensions flare up. Uh, says John on text 0862103103 your views are welcome uh, mixed views some of the walkers feel they are entitled to roam the countryside the farmers are saying no you do not and if you are don't bring your dog and have some responsibility but a lot of this just seems to be people's attitude uh, if you ask me when it comes to when they're being told by somebody to keep your dog in a leash and they feel they have every right to do what they want or is it just because what has happened in the last 12 months has driven people to that? I'm not too sure of attitudes. Have they changed in general uh, because of all the lockdowns? Some people say that could have uh, some effects on people. Anyhow, your viewers are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 86 103 And while we mentioned earlier about pubs and pubs could be reopening uh, later this year, not all of the bars will reopen, as some who are struggling now have just made the decision not to reopen. We'll hear what is what is happening and also what's it like for publicans at the moment. We'll be speaking with Michael O'Donovan from the Cork Vintners. Yesterday we spoke with a solicitor from Galway who was involved in the landmark decision against FBD to pay compensation to publicans under the business interruption clause. Now to get reaction from local pub owners on what they are facing here in the Cork area and joined by Michael O'Donovan, who's Chair of the Cork Branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, John Paul. And first of all, that decision from the High Court last week and the cover by FBD. First of all, do many Cork publicans, are they covered by FBD? And I presume you welcome this and it gives a guiding for all insurance companies for the future. Absolutely, yes. Look, um, all weekend we've been dealing with uh, publicans here in Cork. Yes, a fair number would have this policy. Um, nationally, there's about there's about a thousand would have one form of a policy, and maybe another two hundred would have another form of a policy. Or, or I think it's about a thousand and eighty and a hundred and odd, to be honest, uh, would have a, another policy. So they're pretty much covered on it on this twenty five mile rule clause, which the judge ruled on. Um, it's very welcome news, but the unfortunate thing is it took ten months for a decision to come to pass on this, and it took. Uh, uh, four test cases to be taken by publicans uh, to go to the High Court to get this decision. Yeah, and when you say the length of time they're waiting for this to actually go to court, you wonder how long more people will wait with other policies to go to court and in for payments. And that could be a decision that many publicans are facing now, whether to stay open or to move on and do something different. Yeah, look, uh, it's back again on the 17th of this month um, for what's called the quantum decision. And that will set out, you know, what will be paid under the policy, how much, the percentages, the duration, the judge will make a ruling on that. So while last Friday's decision was very welcome um, and, you know, gave a, a direction to the insurance company, FBD, um, the 
17th will set the, I suppose, the financial um, implications for it. So while it's very good news, we still have a bit of, uh, I suppose, a bit of a road to travel to find out the exact quantities of what these payments will be. And we were reading in the Echo yesterday, we've been hearing from pub owners myself over the last oh, nearly a year at this stage. And it's something that was a factor before COVID ever came along. Pubs were looking at how they could diversify due to the difference in the way people were socialising. Uh, but while pubs are closed, there's still a cost, isn't there, Michael? I mean, there's still insurance to be paid. Some businesses, if they don't own their buildings, they are paying rent. Uh, thankfully, some landlords have come to an agreement with some publicans, but not all. So there's yep. still a cost factor for many which is leading to a situation while people will welcome pubs reopening later this year a lot of them just simply won't open yeah you're uh, absolutely right look um in december they are into january uh, i was on the paper yesterday saying um i know of 12 or sorry 11 pubs that uh, that they've decided probably that they will not open again um i know a few that have sold all the contents to um to auction houses um, and they've been cleared out um, it's very look. It's disheartening, really, for the communities that this is going to happen in because you know they lost the post office, they probably lost the local shop, the pub was the last bastion for socialisation, and now in, in those communities the pub will be gone as well, and they're spread right across Cork. So like, uh, it's uh, I suppose we're lucky. It's only eleven that I know of, um, and uh, while the number seems low, you know it's 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 devastating for those communities for the public and themselves. And look, you're right, uh, even though we're closed um, 10 months now nearly, um, there's still costs, as you said, the insurance, you know, we've our heating has been a major cost the last number of weeks, I know it myself, and talking to other publicans, our heating costs have gone up because our businesses are closed. We still have to keep the heat on in the bars to keep them, you know, uh, the lines um, need heating, the, co- the coolers have to be running um, so that they don't freeze up. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of costs, electricity and everything, and you're paying out all this money, but uh, we have some help since the 13th of October with the government's CRSS scheme, but it's just not nearly enough for those, especially, as you said, that are renting, uh, leasing pubs, and those that have uh, mortgages or loans on pubs. Um, it, the CRSS just doesn't come anywhere near helping those and um, and look, it's it's a very difficult position because we're looking at a, I suppose, a tunnel at the moment with light at the end, but we just don't know how long that tunnel is to 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 getting there. And then when you do actually reopen pubs, restaurants, and all of those, you don't know in what way the regulations will be for you guys and what you'll have to implement and what further costs you'll have to put in to install new shields or whatever to prevent the ongoing spread of of COVID, which even though vaccines will still be there, uh, people will still have to mind themselves for the rest of this year uh, as we get get through 2021. Uh, That's a further cost. And you mentioned rural areas there and communities where pubs are going. It's urban areas are also going to be affected with this. Do you think that from the summer onwards, when things get back to normal, we'll have a different landscape, not only in Cork, but across the country when it comes to the reopening of bars, your favourite bar, which you thought you'd be able to go back into or you'd like to socialise, just simply might not be opening. Yeah, look, I, I suppose at the moment it's too too early to make a call on those things because I think, look, the government, to be fair, they're looking at schools, construction. Um, they're probably not looking at hospitality right now. Uh, we're not top of the, the agenda. Mm. The others are. So I suppose it's too early to make a call on when or or how we're going to open. Um, but look, we'll have uh, continued engagement with them uh, into the future, you know, in the coming weeks, once we see other um, 
other sections opening, um, then I suppose we'll get a better feel of, of our timelines and what we'll have to do after that. But I think as we're sitting here now looking at things, it's probably too early to have those discussions um, with uh, with government and seeing you know, what the guidelines and what the future will hold for us. And a text to hear on that says, to be honest, if they're opening pubs in June or wherever they're going to open, open everything up and not this bull of gastro pubs, etc. It will be the same if you can just walk in whenever for your point. Don't mind this one and a half hour crack. And what do you say to people who are making that point this morning on text? Yeah, look, we've been, I think the Vintners Federation have been very consistent and I've been on this show numerous times and I've said, you know, <clears throat> uh, I just don't understand the the, uh, the logic of you having to have food. Um, we're all operating with the same guidelines, so I would hope when hospitality gets to open that uh, it would be across all the board of hospitality that we could open. Um, because we do operate, we've seen it the two times that, uh, that hospitality is opened. It's the same guidelines for all hospitality. So hopefully all hospitality will be treated equally in that respect. And publicans themselves, I mean, how are they, how are they coping? You know, they they were always used to working long hours, long days and meeting people. It's all suddenly stopped. It has reopened for a small bit and come back again. But how how are the publicans dealing with everything at the moment? I mean, you are an example of of what many would say a rural bar in the city centre. And a lot of people will be familiar with the castle on South Main Street in the city. I mean, how are you dealing with not seeing? all your, your your staff, your customers uh, over the last year or so. It's a big change yeah, when it comes all of a sudden. It, it's, it's, uh, I think Christmas was, I suppose, look for me, I always look forward to Christmas time. Yes, it's busy, but you look forward to, I suppose, especially those coming back from foreign, you know, Australia or Canada, uh, wherever they are, and hearing how they're getting on the stories. You miss that at Christmas, but I think even when we were closed, you know, in October, we looked forward to opening at Christmas. When that didn't happen, we looked forward to Christmas itself. Uh, sitting in January now, and as we are here in February, um, it is tough because, you know, when we were closed March, April, even during the summer, we had dates, you know, we had timelines to work to, even though they didn't come to fruition, but at least we were looking forward. At the moment, as I said, we're looking at the tunnel, and we just don't know... Uh, how long it's going to be so it, it's very difficult for a lot of publicans and look we're doing calls and zoom calls and we've set up now in a, in a couple of weeks time we'll have our county AGM on zoom which is the first so um, we're trying to work on, on different programs to get publicans engaged um, on platforms and doing different courses in the coming weeks so uh, it's just trying to keep them engaged and as I'm telling them get out go for a walk for 20 minutes, half an hour, I do it myself every day, a 5k walk, just to, to clear the mind and, you know, get out, get some fresh air, but it is, it, it's different for us when we're so used to meeting and greeting people and looking after people and giving out to people, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, it's totally different to us to be at home, you know, all the time, and I suppose I'm lucky I have a young family, so homeschooling, but a lot of the publicans out there wouldn't have that, so... Um, it's 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 difficult for a lot of them, you know. And Michael and Castletown Bear making the point that we mentioned the FBD uh, case there earlier. Can publicans claim anything for stress caused by the insurance companies not paying out when they should have uh, by not honouring their contract? Is there any mention of that? I look. It's the judgment is quite specific. It's what's in the clauses mm. in your policy. So unfortunately. I'd say that would be another test case one would have to take, but at the moment uh, the policy, it, it states it's just what's in your policy. 
Okay, we'll wait and see what happens with that insurance situation. That is something that will go on because that was a landmark case, but also on how the whole entertainment industry will look when things eventually get back to some normality. Anyhow, for the moment, Michael, thanks for joining us this morning and best of luck to you and indeed your parents as well there on South Main Street. Cheers. Thank you, John Paul. Thank you. That's uh, Michael O'Donovan there, who's chair of the Cork branch of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. You'll be, uh, if you're in the city uh, or indeed uh, know of people living in the city, you will be aware of their bar on uh, South Main Street, the Castle Inn. It's a well-known bar there and it has a real rural feel in the heart of the city. Anyhow, your views, welcome 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. Good morning to you. A lot of calls and comments in on the issue of dogs roaming hills and mountains and attacking farmers' sheep. Uh, a lot of calls in over the last while from people who have mixed views on this to 1850 uh, First of all, Tim uh, was in touch with us and he feels the biggest threat to sheep farmers are those uncontrolled dogs. Well, listening to Sean Dennehy uh, from the IFA, he feels it's time now for the IFA to demand a crackdown on this. Uh, Tim says, I have shot a few dogs over the years as my sheep have been attacked before and I still get dirty looks when I meet these people even when I go to mass. Where can we get these new no dog signs, says Tim on text 0862103103. And a person here asking, and Sean is off the line now, but she's asking, what about dogs being aggressive towards people when they're out walking? Because where we live, there is two dogs that are constantly aggressive and constantly barking at us. One of them is an Alsatian and walks around without a muzzle, uh, says a listener in the North Cork area. Uh, while I mentioned Mushra earlier, uh, a texter here saying, surely those people are outside the 5k limit who walk on Mushra. Also, the entrance to Mill Street Country Park. It's chock-a-block at weekends with cars and they don't belong to those within the 5k, says that texter and that is something that a lot of people have been questioning over the last while, hence why the guard checkpoints are in place but some people feel it's unfair that still uh, there are those who are travelling outside the 5k to these areas and locals are unhappy with that as many of the locals stay within their 5k they have people coming from outside the 5k and walking in their beautiful areas and when it comes to Dogs. A texter here says, no need to leave your dogs loose. You can buy an extension or a retractable lead in many of the discount stores for under a tenner. And the dog, of course, will always move regardless what type of dog he or she is, a pet or not, a dog will chase. And Liz says, farmers have a right of commonage to graze animals and indeed to do that on hills and wastelands, says Liz. And uh, earlier, and I'm sure you saw this on social media as well, it was on the news, a dog that was um, uh, rescued of a mountain in Wicklow. Ross making the point that that dog, which was missing in Wicklow, was actually chasing off deer until uh, the dog got actually rescued, uh, says Ross. And Margaret, in a, a different situation, is saying that her Yorkie dog was in the garden of her own house and the dog was badly injured by another dog that was passing by with his owner. Now, the owner just vanished and they had no comeback whatsoever. It cost them €700 Euro in vet's fees. So she had a great uh, sympathy for farmers and Margaret, not a farmer herself, but it did happen in her area. Not sure was it within the last year or not, since more people are walking, but a large amount of money for you, Margaret, €700 Euros in vet fees and then uh, were still your poor Yorkie 
dog attacked and the person ran away uh, and you couldn't you would no comeback or could not even challenge them on what their dog did and uh, Texa here from Killarney says what is the point so for having a dog licence if it gives you nothing why bother with it uh, says the listener in Killarney Cathy says while we're speaking about dogs we have quad bikes and scramblers driving us mad around our forestry while we're out walking with our kids we also have plenty of dogs loose and not on leads this should be stopped now there is no respect for others and indeed for other users says Cathy on text to 0862103103 while Audrey making the point that all dogs should be on leads all of the time and I wish people would just clean up after their dogs as well for fouling on streets or wherever they are uh, Dermot Kelleher is the president of the ICSA he joins me on the common line good morning to you Dermot good morning John Paul something that has come up from Meg and she says that those who are misbehaving with their dogs need to be careful because farmers are legally entitled to shoot a dog uh, especially if they're aware or looking at the dog attacking their sheep uh, is that true Dermot? That is quite correct you weren't able under law to shoot a dog that's doing harm to your sheep and it's gone just years now John Paul that farmers will have to start doing, start doing it there was a farmer taken into court not so last year and because the sheep were actually anyone were actually killed on the dead he was fined a hundred euro demanded that owner them sheep, I know that 15 or 16 of them sheep are battered after, and them, that flock was actually ruined. You know, they weren't physically killed, and like, but to see, John Paul, if anyone could see that people don't, and they have to leave their dog loose because they're animal, animal lovers and inverted cucumbers. If it, there's some of these animal lovers that can't see dog in a lead, if they saw what, what I have seen, to see you torn down and the lambs half torn out of her, and her leg, their legs broke and they're half torn and they're not dead, they're not dead, they're not alive. We had a situation here three years ago where we actually had to shoot. I think just five years we had to shoot. Put, put them out and they're in misery. And put them down because they were attacked by dogs? They were torn, there was holes in them and their legs, those inside, their flanks were all open and there was one of them, there was a lamb hanging out of her and ah, Jesus, to the novice day to see it. And in fairness, but they're landing about... Uh, and what, this, what annoys me, then you hear the television, they're all about uh, insurance code saying that uh, these wrong claims are the, are the, the, the problem with the insurance uh, pre- 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 premiums. The dog owner in that case had no problem saying, I'm sorry, we shot one of the dogs, the other dog went home, and he had no problem in saying he collected the dog, and he said, them dogs are mine, and the dogs are insured. And the FPD said, no bother, the dogs are insured. But they kicked the can down the road for nearly two, two years. The claim went 25,000. In the end, they, they paid him on the steps of the court, but they paid two legal teams in the end because they kicked the can down the road for two years. So, so you feel that this is why farmers are, are not going down the route of shooting dogs. Would you agree then with the IFA who are making the point that they have launched and are launching this no dogs roaming in the area, more or less campaign, no dogs allowed? If you have sheep in an area, there should be no dog left loose. I mean, even a man with a good sheep dog, he won't leave the dog out of his sight. He won't let the dog go well loose through, through, through sheep because the dog will hunt sheep. A dog will hunt sheep, and the dog will me, he's only a pet. He won't, he won't do anything. Long, long time ago, my daughter said to me, I should, Dad, you can't shoot him. A lovely little cocker passed up by my horse one day, and I went in the cot to go, and my daughter said to me, I'm dead. He won't do no harm. He killed three, three, three lambs in me that evening, and I said, that's the last dog that had passed me. But, like, there was a weird case here one time. I saw a case of another man. There was a couple of pedigree cows and calves out of us. And the dog hunted him. 
And one of the cubs broke, broke their legs running over rocks to just save, save her calf. Yeah, we had that call earlier as well from somebody who, who had that, that situation. Man, I asked that man three times. And he was asked by more than me to keep the dog under control. And then he went and he went the man, what did I do? I mean, I got to go and I shot him. Now, that man took the dog in the book over here to Porto Beach. Like, yeah, he got done for having the dog under control because I heard no more about it. But like... You but you, you yourself, Dermot, have shot dogs in the past yes. because you knew they were going to attack your sheep. No, I saw my, I saw my sheep and I saw my cows and I have no apology to make any, any, anybody. That's my, my livelihood. And you've shot dogs because of what you knew was going to happen or you, or you saw the I dog saw attacking? Happening. You saw it happening? You can't shoot the dog on the, on the presumption. I mean, he's innocent and he's found guilty, but he was yeah. the dog hunting sheep or hunting calves. You're, you're entitled by a lot to, to put a bit of lead in his ear. You, you are, like, I mean, that's your livelihood. And would you recommend, so without having these signs saying no dogs allowed, would you more or less recommend with the IFA and yourselves maybe teaming up and having signs in place in certain areas we're hearing from this morning that would simply say it, it, no dogs allowed and if dogs are there and they are uh, attacking sheep, your dog will be shot. Well, Is that the way you need to go to stop this I mean, from happening? People really aren't stupid. If your dog hunts sheep, your dog is wrong. If your dog wants sheep, your dog is wrong. But, and the, but the problem is, John Paul, is people to go out with dogs and the dog is not, is not chipped. You find it out killing sheep, you shoot the dog, the dog has no chip, and the man will say, oh no, he's my dog at all. That's, that is the, 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 the problem. Yeah, and what about from farmers we're hearing this morning whereby them or their sons or daughters or wherever challenge these people and they have the attitude of we have a right to be here on the land. It's open field, we can oh, be yeah, here. but so, I mean, you have all these, um, I had this discussion before with these right to roam, they have the right to roam and my my contention to the right to roam crowd is no problem at all. You you, you do the same as I done. Get a mortgage and buy a farm and you can walk away all day. Yeah. I have a farm that I bought and paid for it myself and my wife and the kids were young. We broke our heart to, 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 to pay for it. And now these tulips can come and walk all over it and take their dogs and hunt, hunt, hunt those to dog. That ain't going to happen. And are you aware yourself, Dermot, where you were there in your area of Midcork, of others who were saying those who are walking in, for example, Mushra, we've got Military Country Park, we've got other areas, they're well aware that these people are without their 5K with everything going on. Look, that's, that's a different story. That, that's wrong as well. But, but then right. if they're coming in from outside 5K yeah. and, and attacking you, sheep, you how do you track them? You can't put your dog on, on, on a lead. And if you water the long tails, your dog may not come home because there's nothing telling me your dog, my dog won't hunt. If, if a sheep will run, it's the dog's instinct to, to run, run after him. And your message this morning is for those listening who have a different view and who are saying they're entitled to walk with their dog off a leash, your view is, well, if you're in your area or any other area and that dog is running and chasing a sheep or whatever animal they're chasing or, or worse still attacking that yes. poor animal, you will shoot and farmers can shoot. Yes, correct. And I have no apology to make for that. I mean, a man's livelihood is a man's livelihood. I mean, a, a, a dog... Without meaning, no, a dog hunting a bunch of sheep, having a bit of sport, it mightn't look too bad. Them sheep will never again be the same, and they'll actually throw away lambs, they won't go back and lamb. It's, it's, it's the, the result will go on. You really need to change your sheep after a bad road. People don't realize the, 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 the damage after. Yeah. So I'm, t- I'm t- telling anyone to have a dog. If you're walking in a farmer's area, but there's a dog, and if we don't keep our dog under control, the farmer is quite interested to catch that dog and shoot him. 
Okay. No compunction on it. I've no apology to make for no one. And these people that think they have the right to, 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 to roam, tell them do the same as most of us. Most of the lot of people in the country have done. Go in, and get a mortgage and buy your piece of mountain or buy your piece of land and you can walk, you can walk all day and all, 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 all night. All right, Dermot, well... It's a warning. It belongs to somebody. It's a warning for those who have that attitude of going onto farmland with their dogs and not keeping them on leads and, and letting them attack sheep as we're hearing this morning for the moment. Uh, Dermot, thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Dermot Kelleher there, who is the ICSA president on that, a word of warning that for many farmers like Dermot, uh, who has shot dogs before he has seen attacking sheep, that farmers can do that. Word of warning for those who are going to those areas and letting their dogs run wild and letting their dogs chase after sheep or any animal that are on or grazing in the land. And regarding dogs and the other issue of dog fouling, which we hopefully will get to on the show tomorrow. And this is on dog fouling in Mallow. A texter here saying yes. On the road out towards the race course in Mallow, it's a disgrace with dog fouling. People walk their dogs, but as soon as they get near the area, they leave their dogs off the leash and then their dogs are running around. Uh, They don't give a thought to other walkers who may be afraid of dogs, which is another issue uh, that we're getting on the show this morning. People who are walking in urban areas or rural areas on a, a country road as well, whereby they meet an oncoming person person who hasn't their dog in a lead and the dog runs up and jumps on them some people won't take any notice and love it others could be afraid of dogs and have no choice and sometimes the more you run from a dog a dog will chase you because they'll think you're playing Uh, also this is in the Cladove area Tara saying where I walk with my children in Cladove there is dogs and dog dirt all over the place and people just seem to walk away from their dogs doing and another texter on the issue of dog dirt says what about the people who let their dogs into play areas for children or playgrounds and they just let the dogs off no leads I've seen dogs doing wheeze where children play I've approached a lot of these people to be told uh, to F off or mind your own business uh, says this texter uh, which is what a lot of our other earlier callers had as well when they approached people on who were living in rural areas and, and had people walking onto their land when they approached them and said you know you can't do this put your dog in the lead or just take your dog away uh, the person told them where to go so it seems to be uh, is it an attitude problem with a lot of people that feel they can do what they want where they want uh, your views are welcome on that 1850 very shortly discussing the issue of rent increases for council tenants uh, but with all the talk of dogs and council rents increasing how would you like to win some free cash because to celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show with Ken Tobin we're giving away thousands of euro on Ken's pure cork quiz it is your chance to win free cash you could win up to 103 euro well you will win 103 euro but to win that 103 euro you have to answer three cork questions in just 20 seconds and that 20 seconds goes fast so if you uh are playing the game if you get lucky to be selected well you need to be fast in answering those questions in just 20 seconds and we're looking now for people to take part in the competition and if you want to take part and think you can answer those three core questions to win the money uh, just text your name where you are right now text or whatsapp 086 2103 103 C103 Jobs 
And Avon Moore Electrical in North Cork are hiring fisher and turners, mechanical fitters and electricians. You can email Breed at avonmoore-electrical.com. A qualified electrician is wanted for manufacturing maintenance in East Cork. Email your details to alan.oreardon at bakerfin.com. And Kyohan Seafood and Bantry has a vacancy for a general operative. Send your CV to Siobhan at kyohanseafoods.ie. These jobs and more, they're online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. Record today on C103. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. At the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis here in Ireland, a range of protections were put in place for people affected by the pandemic, including a temporary ban on evictions and a rent freeze arrangement. And that was actually extended last month into April. But Chris O'Donovan from Formoy joins me because he got in touch with us when he received a letter from Cork County Council that he was surprised with to say that his rent was going to increase. And Chris joins me from Fermoy. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, John Paul. Good morning, listeners. And thanks for joining us. Okay, first of all, just tell us about the letter you got from Cork County Council because it looks like, after we look into this, this rent freeze is just for private housing. Uh, so as you fall under the council, what did the letter say? It did say you're going to be, uh, have an increase, obviously, enough, but by how much? There's going to be a 3% increase in all Cork County Council tenants as from uh, April, or sorry, on, on February 24th. Um, 
No, it's not. It's not the fact of how much it's going to cost an increase or whatever. You know, it's, that's irrelevant. The government in October last year said it was going to be a freeze on all, everybody's rent, um, and especially those affected by COVID nineteen are in financial difficulty. Now, Cork County Council totally ignored this and went ahead and put up the rent regardless uh, of these conditions. And I find this this is very very wrong. You know. And very has wrong. your financial situation changed, Chris, over the last year? Well, everyone's financial uh, situation has changed at all, but anyway, on account of this COVID situation. But, I mean, the Cork County Council had, didn't ask whether you could afford it or whether you had COVID or what. Or what they just put up the rent anyway after the government advising not to put up the rent until the end of April this year. And by, by how much has the rent, I know you mentioned 3%, but how much would that have gone up by in, in money terms? Is, is it a, a 10 euro increase, a 5 euro increase, a 20 it euro increase? Even, it could even be less. I mean, every, everybody's rent is different. But it, it's, not, it's not the point. The point is, the fact is they went away and done it uh, against government advice, you know, uh, yeah. or without consultation of any sort with, with any tenant. You know, and and they've done other. That that was in Nove- of the Cork County Council meeting last November. They signed off on all this stuff, regardless of the situation of the country. And you know? just getting back to the price, I mean, how much now? So are you paying for rent? Well, I'm not going to say that on here, John Paul. You know, it's, it, that, that's that's private between me and Cork County Council. You know, if you don't mind that. Uh, but roughly, how much you say three percent? I mean, uh, is it a huge increase? I mean, are you going to find it tough to pay for this increase in rent? Well, personally, I'm not going to find it tough. But um, and it's not a it's not a major increase. No, no. But you feel everybody will have different rates. It depends everybody on your individual has, situation. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different rates, you know. And your main uh, thing is to do with the fact that the government said one thing and now for while it is in relation to private houses, you feel it should remain also for those who are renting off the council. Is the principle more than the money you're getting at? Well, my, when I look at into the background of the, the meeting of the government last October, I can see that the rent this, this applies to all tenants, regardless of whether they're private or for councils, you know. It's, it's right across the board. Um Okay, we'll stay there because to to check this in more detail, one of the local councillors in your area, Councillor Franco Flynn, is on the line. He joins me. Good morning to you, Frank. Um, Good morning, uh, John Paul, and good morning, listeners. Frank, you must have been aware that the council was going to increase the the rates and put up rents uh, for those in council homes across the core county, anyhow. Oh, um, indeed I was, and we flagged this uh, September, October. Then we adopted our our budget in November. Uh, I just want to say to Chris there, good morning, Chris. Um, and I wouldn't agree with you that the, that the increase is not irrelevant. Of course the increase is relevant, and I as a local council will always look at the increase, and our increase is absolutely minimal. And to point out to our listeners, all our rents are based on ability to pay, and also um, based on their income. And if anyone has any issue, like Chris, and I'll help him, we have an appeals process. If your circumstances change, if, 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 if your daughter or son was on the, on the list, if you're out, out of work due to COVID payment, and we also have hardship cases. And also, it was based on, because uh, Cock County Council's rent is not based on a market lead, and market leads, and everyone knows it, uh, we base them on ability to pay. And the vast majority of people, the increase will be just one euro. One euro. And there was no increase in Cock County Council for the last four years. I also want to say to Chris and other um, householders out there is this, Cock County Council pay the property tax for all of the council uh, tenants. Yeah. And that's roughly €100. Euros. Uh, Cock County Council pays the €2 Euros a week, which is the property tax. And, all. and also is, over the past couple of years, we have invested £12 million in 
energy efficiency walks and houses, that is in the heating, whether it's gas, whether it's boilers, whether it's in roofs, whether it's in ceilings, whether it's in walls. So we've spent 12 million, uh, we've 8,000 houses in all, there's 5,700 completed to date, and we'll be doing quite a lot of them over the next two years. We expect to get more. And also is all repairs to all houses, whether it's during the day, whether it's weekends, out, 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 uh, out, out of uh, time, say the weekends, Saturday, Sunday, bank holidays, there's no charge whatsoever to any, any of our tenants in relation to repairs of gas boilers, uh, in relation to oil, oil boilers, in relation to water. And just this week, an actual fact inside your own estate there, I had a, a resident there who had a gas boiler and he gave up last Saturday and we had to solve it. Also, the other part of Mitchellstown, I had a person who had a major water crisis in the kitchen, overflowed, and I, I rang their out-of-hours um, um, number and they were out within half an hour and the residents were absolutely delighted. Now, costs are going up. Try, but can we I just come across you there, please, if you don't mind? Yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah. Regarding the gas boilers, I'm delighted Frank is laying it out properly there. But what, what I'm saying is that the cost of this, the government advised no rent increases until the end of April, and regardless whether it went up by one euro or one thousand euros, they still went ahead and done it. Now I just go back to the gas boiler. Uh, I'm delighted that the gas boiler was done by some neighbour or some neighbour of mine. That's fabulous. Uh, personally, the cost of the cost alone is the gas boiler in these houses. So it's the it's the problem really, not not the actual occupier of the house. No. Actually, in November, I see that you've also added a new service charge to uh, tenants in, as regards any future um, services of gas boilers. The tenants of the houses will have to pay for it. So do the tenants, do your uh, tenants know that, uh, Frank? Because it says right here now that service charge is now going to apply to the tenants of Cockroach the Coastal. So... I mean, that's another extra charge. It's going to hit people again in the pocket, you know. Okay, Frank. So, will those you mentioned there getting the gas boilers fixed? Will they now have to pay for that in the future? Well, well quite a lot of people have the gas boilers because we are doing these uh, energy efficiency every works and quite a lot of houses and quite a lot of houses now are putting in the gas boilers. Other other ones we're putting in John Paul is air to water. Those units costing sixty eight thousand, and it's only right that our housing stock is brought up to the proper standard in relation to the windows. Frank, will you please answer? I'm answering. Let Frank talk there, Chris. And I'm, I'm answering, Chris. Sorry, I didn't cut across you, Chris. And, uh, and to know how I'm just exactly that, that the people know what they are getting in relation to the energy efficiency of where we've spent 12 million. We are, there is a review overall of uh, the rents will be coming up because there's quite a lot of uh, new houses which have come on and they're not on, 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 on the, the listing scheme yet. And Cock County Council has always, Chris, and there's no harm to find out, on the property tax list, that's the, uh, which private householders pay, Cock County Council pay that, taxpayers pay that on behalf of all tenants. That's roughly an average of two. But I've just been my figures here, Chris. Uh, the vast majority of people will pay one euro a week. The average, I think, in the increase will be 150. And people earning the just their best part of a thousand a week going to the house, their increase will be just three to 350. So the vast majority, John Paul and listeners, will pay 150. I, as a councillor, are always very, very well aware. We have stopped these increases over the past four or five years. Everyone knows the extra cost in relation to maintenance. A call now on a weekend or a Saturday or a bank holiday. I'd actually a call in a, a, a t- town, just a, a, small, a village outside FMI, at 2 o'clock in the morning. The boiler was gone. Fair juice, the Cock County Council, they rang the emergency number. They were out in a half an hour. That family, now, if that was a call from the private, you'd be talking about maybe two or three hundred. We are there to provide a service. And I also want to say to our tenants, the way they look after their houses, the way they keep them. We also, Chris, we look after the public lighting, which is free outside your house. We also look after the footpaths. But the most important thing is, it's 
that we are keeping our housing stock up to standard. And Frank, right just on the rent situation, you mentioned there the euro increase, you, the 150 or the 350 increase, depending on somebody's uh, circumstance. How much weekly then would on average now somebody be paying for uh, their council home? A single person uh, will be paying 30 euros in, uh, up to now and from the new rent it will be 31 euros a week. Okay, Chris, but you're saying it's not the money, it's the principle of increasing the charges, even though the council are paying your property tax as well. Well, we're actually paying our own property tax because every time the property tax, when the property tax was implemented, the charge was put on the rent. So, I mean, when we put it up, we up by two euros a week. So at the end of the year, that was 104. So we were actually paying our own property tax regardless because they increased it to take in there. And how do you feel, Chris, about the value for money you're getting from the council? I mean, do you well, think that, that, that it's unfair that private, those in private uh, rental properties are not going to be faced with a rent increase while you are? But then some people texting in feel that you're getting good value for your rent. Well, we'll get, look, listen, we have fantastic housing for what we have, for what we're paying. And uh, I, that's not the issue. The issue here is, 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 as I said, there was one, the government guidelines, and Cock County Council seemed to do their own. Uh, they didn't ask me whether I had co- problems with COVID or whether I had financial difficulties. It just, they just went ahead and rose the rent from the 24th of February. And I asked, I'll ask Frank again, the service charges for the, for the gas boiler now is coming to effect for this, for this year. So people that have to get their gas boiler service, tenants will have to get their gas boiler service now, will pay, actually pay the, the, for the gas burn, the service of the gas boiler. And I, I really don't want to know how many gas boilers they put in yesterday or tomorrow. Is is the gas boiler charge going to be on the tenant zone? Frank? Oh, very easy, Chris. And I'm surprised that you don't want to know that we've spent 12 million upgrading uh, council tenants' houses. But how much, Frank, will he have to pay for his gas boiler yeah, yeah, to be serviced? Is, usually that goes into the hundreds. I have no problem. What we are doing at the moment, we are doing a review of the overall costing of maintenance. And everyone knows maintenance costs are going up. Now, quite a lot of people who have the gas boilers and who have the air to water are absolutely delighted. And we have to do an annual check. Someone has to call every year, especially when you have gas and you have oil. And we're also going to do for the oil boilers and we're also going to do for the air to water and for all those. And it's only right that all boilers should be tested and checked every year and signed off by a, um, a properly registered professional um, a technician on behalf of the council. We are looking at that. We haven't decided on that. And also I want to say to Chris is this, for the past four years there's been no increase whatsoever and the property tax has gone up each of those years. I as a councillor will always look after the tenants. It's important. We are getting new housing for my way. Park the heater. Good news this week when I announced another 40 houses for Uplands. I hope that the, the houses in Pike Road across New Chris will be started very, very shortly. It's important that we look after our tenants. They are our pride and joy. It's an asset of Cock County Council and we are upgrading all the houses. And we're very proud as a councillor, and I especially, that all the houses will have more up the standards in the next year, year and a half, as far as energy uh, conservation is, is is concerned. And, and Frank, as you mentioned there about up the standards, and Chris has made the point about the boilers that they, you know, you, you have said more or less they will have to pay for, we don't know the exact cost, but they will have to look after their own uh, financial aspect when it comes to uh, boiler checks. The local property tax, some councils in other areas, and this is something Chris that you, you might uh, be interested in as well, is that they have looked at now putting the cost of the property tax onto the council tenants. Is that something that could happen in Cork County Council in the future? No, 
I don't think so, but I know, and it's quite um, clear to say, and I'm glad you raised it, John Paul, uh, quite a lot of other county councils have in, 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 included the property tax and also included each year when the property tax rises. That's something we have not decided in Cork County Council. I don't see it. It's the first increase in four years. I can say here today that in the next four or five years that there'll be no increase whatsoever. And also, I want to say to my listeners out there, Anyone who's any issue whatsoever, and I've re- represented numerous and have been successful. If your circumstances change, if you lose your job or a family or someone leaves the house and they're already paying it, that'll be always taken into account. We are very, very flexible. And also, listeners, we also have very flexible transfers. Some people are downsizing, some people, and some people are seeking transfers. We're also, some people are looking for an extra room, the family gets larger. We're also putting in walk-in showers and, and waste rooms. So, Cock County Council has been very, very flexible with its tenants because we are proud of the tenants that we have. We're some of the best tenants, I'd say, in any county. And um, they look after their houses exceptionally well. And I, as a councillor, are there to provide a service. And now, with energy and all the costs and the green energy wave, we're talking about spending money. We have 12 million spent to date, and we'll spend another 7 or 8 million doing the rest of the houses. We owe own 8,000 houses in Cork County. There's 5,700 completed to date. The rest of those, I expect, in the next year, the year and a half. And it's only right that our tenants live in a quality of life. And, and the more money we spend in our houses, the less that the tenants have to pay in relation to gas or oil. Or so you would say, Frank, you have to increase the rent to pay for what's coming down the line. Chris, what do you make of that? I mean, the, the, the financial supports are there, but what do you make of the fact that for houses coming on stream that you will be facing the increases? Oh, oh yeah, I'd, I'd expect so, but we, we we just have to. We'd like to know, you know. We don't like to be getting a letter telling us our rent has gone up in such a day. And like I can see on the website now, the, the gas boiler charge will will be uh, transferred to the tenant this year. But uh, um, Frank doesn't seem to know anything about that. But anyway, um, well, Frank, do you, uh, I mean, you, you did mention it there. It's just that you don't know the price, Frank, that they will be facing to well, pay for that. Gas boiler check. If you're doing a complete review, how can I make a, a decision on what we're going to cost? But I can tell you one I, as a councillor, will always take into account that I will be as lenient as possible. As I said, we've stopped any increase, no increase for the last four years. I can say here yeah, there'll be no increase for the next couple of years. But the gas boiler checks, they will have to pay for, yeah? No, While the, the review is underway. We, we are looking at ways and mechanism. If it can be included in the existing charge, I feel it can. But, and this is the first chart, and I would take it into account also in relation to COVID. And I would say to our listeners out there, we have an appeals process, and I'll help you. We have a hardship process there, and anyone whose circumstances change, we take it into account. And we don't put anyone whatsoever out on the side of the road. We are not a market-led, and everyone knows the cut. I, I had someone the other day that, that, that asked for 500 a month for one room. But we're there to provide a service. We're there to take a family and a quality of life is the most important thing. And I, as a councillor, will always stand by our tenants. And I think it's a very, very small rise. And I, as a councillor, the last thing I'd love to see this morning, to all my listeners, that we're actually reducing the rent. But with with the cost and with the call-out charts, the weekend calls and the... A full repair emergency service is there for each and every one of us. And it's there people. for everyone. So, Chris, on that, it looks like you're going to have to pay the increase. But Frank has just said there, it's a small increase. And for some, it's up to a euro increase. Oh, yeah. As I said, it's not the money factor. I mean, It's I, still the I'm principal factor for you. And that, uh, how how would you like the council to to, to to I mean that I know they sent out the letter, uh, but would you like a, a warning further in advance, maybe a three or four month warning, rather than maybe a letter on the same month? No, John Paul, it's just that the government said there was going to be no increases uh, until April twenty fourth, and then the uh, Cork County Council went away and put it up on February twenty fourth. Yeah. 
I know, and, and that that is annoying. But on, but on that, Chris, and on, on that, Chris and Frank, and I know you mentioned it, Frank, there. But but on that, Chris, you you, you have made that point regarding that, and it is unfair to, to think that one sector has the rent freeze while you would presume it's for everybody in the country. It seems it's not. And this is the reason we got back, Chris, from Cork County Council and a statement from them. It has gone into detail about what we discussed. I'm just going to get through regarding your principal measure here, Chris. Uh, They say the rent that that local authority tenants pay is on the basis of their current income and it's not a market rent. Local authority rents are not therefore subject to the current rent freeze on private tenancies where rents are market-based. Weekly rent increases that will be incurred by council tenants will generally range from €1 Euro for a single person, and that's on a standard social welfare payment, to 350 for a working couple with three children, as Frank has mentioned. Uh, tenants who have become or maybe have lost unemployment or employment even due to COVID-19, or if they're finding it hard to pay the rent or look at these increases, they can contact the council and, and they will look at, at specific uh, measures and how somebody can pay back their rent. But uh, overall, uh, Chris, uh, and I, everybody can see the point you're making, it does look like that the rent freeze, the current rent freeze we're all hearing about, is just on private tenancies and doesn't apply to the council. Okay, okay. Uh, but, you, you feel, but obviously that, that's unfair, you feel. Oh, well, I, th- I think, I think the, the approach was all wrong, you know, so Frank just qualified, you know, you know, so... Uh, but my point as well as uh, on the rates, the business rates, uh, the Cork the Council got millions of euros from the, the central government to um, subsidise for the loss in rate, business rate, uh, last year and earlier this year, I presume. And yes, when the business go back into business now, they're going to have a, see an increase of 7.5% on their rates. Um, I mean, that's very wrong for the business sector as well, you know, after, you know, being through such a hard time. Yeah, Frank, uh, do you want to respond to that finally, Frank? I mean, you, you can understand where Chris is coming from with the market and the rent situation. We've explained that finally on, on the business situation. Well, on the business, I don't know about, um, what country um, is, is, or what county he's talking about because there's no increase whatsoever in Cork County rates and we've fought that. In actual fact, we've reduced them over the last five years, Chris. In Cork City, they have increased them. But I tell you one thing, as a local council, I fought hard to, uh, to keep the rates low, especially on businesses and family-run businesses. And also the family-run businesses who are getting their rates refunded, their doors are closed. They have heating, they have lighting, they have security, they, have, they are paying for water in and water out. They have quite a lot of costs and no one whatsoever going. They also, a lot of them have quite started up in business the past couple of years. They've invested in their property and they are paying their banks. So we'll, we in Cork County Council will stand by the businesses, especially the family-run businesses in the centre of our towns and in our villages. They are the heart and soul of our community. We are looking after them at the moment, and they'll be there for us when, when, when we see the light at the end of the tunnel, at the light at the end of the tunnel. And I would say to everyone, stay local, and the most important thing, support your local businesses. Okay, guys, I, I have to leave it there. The Chris, it looks like you're, regardless, it, it looks like you will have to, to pay the, the increase, but uh, uh, from your point of view of, of the rental freeze, it does look like it's just for the private sector. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, I, we can see the principle of, of what you're raising, but they seem to have it just for the private sector. But for the moment, Chris, thanks for joining us this morning and Thank raising that much. issue and raising that for those who might not be aware yet if they haven't got that letter. Uh, finally, Frank, just stay in the line because there was an issue in Glanworth and this was going back a few weeks ago regarding water in the Glanworth area. You, There is funding now available for that new pipe that was needed for water and why everybody welcomes the funding. The big question is, Frank, when will that be sorted out? When will water uh, be flowing as it should be for the people of Glanworth in that area? 
Well, John Paul, you said you'd, you'd bring me back on. I don't think you expect me to come back so quickly. As everyone knows, and our listeners, especially the residents in Lamont and Tocknock Cock have had this, the major problems, six leaks in five days. I'm delighted following my meeting, uh, raising the Cock County Council and talking to senior management Cock in Irish Water that we sought emergency funding. I have now been notified we're getting the, full, getting the emergency funding for replacing the problematic pipe and especially in the area which was most vulnerable and also for works for improve other parts of the network and I'm delighted in the past week three major leaks have been identified and the pressure of the water has very much improved. I'm also delighted to report that the major area where the breaks were was in a place called Dunmahan Quarry right beside the Function River. As everyone knows, groundworks at the moment are next to impossible to get in. We need a very heavy track machine. So when the weather improves, the ground conditions in April and May, the works will commence and will be, because we also have to have the river function, which is very high at the moment. So when the, lever, uh, when the river recedes and the ground conditions improve, I'm delighted to tell the residents at Lambert that the necessary replacement pipe will be put in place. And the most important thing is they had their budget closed, they said, Frank, but they opened up their budget and they provided emergency funding in 2021 funding. And it's great news for the residents at Lambert and Stonia Wright. We've suffered quite a lot over the years. Now, uh, I'm, I'm delighted to report that this section of the problematic pipe, especially from the Man Reservoir through the function, will be repaired. OK, so hopefully put in place. this year we'll, we'll see works uh, on that taking place. Uh, finally, before I let you go, Frank, a lot of people asking uh, questions regarding those who live in council houses, have issues with windows, uh, with other items in their house. You mentioned that you were upgrading. They say they have contacted the council, they've got nothing back. Would you advise them? I'm not too sure where, they, where these people are living. They haven't given an area, but would you advise them contact the local councillor if they haven't got any satisfaction from sure. County Hall? Give me a phone call or an email 86 852-0793 and I'll take up their case and I'll make sure it is looked after. OK, Frank, thanks for joining us. Councillor Frank O'Flynn, also Chris and from on the issue of the increase for council tenants, which seems to be uh, across the board and even though everybody's in a different scenario, most people will be facing an increase this month in if you are in a council home. Uh, your views are welcome. Different views on uh, the rent that council homes are paying. Uh, back to the council. I'll get back to those shortly, but your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or indeed send us a message via Facebook and you can do that via Messenger to C103 Cork on Facebook. Good afternoon. Tuesday afternoon we'll be discussing toxic positivity shortly with Joe Heffernan but a lot of your calls and comments in regarding dogs wandering or pets wandering in uh, highland areas of Cork or scenic walk areas and also uh, the issue of council houses who are the tenants there are seeing their rent increase uh, and we had a discussion before midday from Chris and from Moy and Councillor Franco Flynn joined in and, and there's a lot of reaction on this uh, but there's also people uh, with mixed views on the increase in the council rent as well we'll get to those comments shortly on 1850 333 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 103 103 Ken's Pure Core Quiz We've got thousands of euro to give away on C103 Whatever but can we give away some money? We asked for callers on this earlier and we have Anne Lynch from Nocca Villa. Good afternoon to you, Anne. Good afternoon, John Paul. How are you today? Not too bad, thanks. Now, is there any bit of snow in Nocca Villa? Because some no, parts of the county are seeing snow. Nothing. 
Nothing here at the moment anyway, just quite windy, maybe flurries at times, but nothing much. Nothing staying on the ground. Hopefully it won't get too bad for us anyhow when we have to, uh, if, well, if you're lucky enough to be able to still physically go into work. Are you uh, working from home, Anne, or are you at no, home? No, I, I, I'm at home. I'm home. How are you finding that? Ah, it's fine, yeah. Yeah, okay. you're getting through it. <laughs> getting through it, exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's fresh air so we can go out and walk and stuff. That's the main thing, isn't it, Jan? Keep positive about the whole thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's all we can do at this stage, anyhow. Now, yeah. have you heard this quiz I before? Have, you... I have heard it, yes, I have, yeah. You know how it works? I know how it works, yeah. It's easy enough when you're listening to somebody else on it. But <laughs> isn't it just? <laughs> we might go a blank. <laughs> that can happen. It's, they all seem easy, but then when you are asked on the spot, uh, that's where things can go wrong. So this hopefully now, we mentioned positivity there a while ago. Uh, we can be positive for, for you, Anne. So here we go. Now, this is my okay. first time playing it on air as well. So we'll do this together. All right, Anne? Perfect. Okay. But still, regardless of that, we have only 20 seconds. 20 seconds. So remember that. Here we go. Okay. In 20 seconds, the clock is going to start ticking. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. Sonia O'Sullivan won an Olympic silver medal in 1990 or 2000. 1990, I True or false, the Fasted Rock is the most southerly point of Ireland. Oh. And what famous Cork Bells are located at St Anne's Church? Shandon Bells. Oh, okay. You are, I'm afraid. Uh, it was the Fast and Rock. It is the most southerly yeah, point in... in head, but then I was saying it's probably further out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's further out, all right, it is. So, yeah. unfortunately, no luck. Also, Sonia O'Sullivan, she won that Olympic silver medal in 2000. Oh. It was, yeah, 2000, over 20 More years ago, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. yeah, But you were right with St. Anne's Church. It is, of course, the famous Bells of Shandon. Okay. No problem, that's fine. So, Thank no luck, much. but uh, no, and no, best no. of luck and uh, best of luck with working from home. Hope it goes well for yeah, you yeah. there in Nocca Villa. Thank you. Bye Take now. care. That is Anne there in Knocka Villa. No luck this time around, but you never know your luck because Nick is in from one. He will have more ways to win. Martina on the drive from four where you could win as we celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show with Ken Tobin. It's Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. You win free cash here on C103 and like Anne there. Unfortunately, no luck. We did answer the questions in 20 seconds, but you got two wrong. But if you do get them right, you win 103 euros. Stay listening right across today uh, more ways to win here at C103 now back to your calls and comments a lot of them in on a lot of uh, different issues over the last while and we'll go to the issue of rent that we were speaking with there and this was with Councillor Franco Flynn but initially it was Chris in Formoy who raised the question and this was regarding the rent increase that those living in council homes are facing and on this Michael and Michael is a landlord Michael and Mallow he pays a mortgage he says and all the insurance on the property but he has no control over his property the tenants get away with anything Michael feels and he says, if they don't pay the rent, you can't throw them out. If they thrash the place, you can't throw them out either. He is a tenant paying the same rent for two years. They asked the council if they could raise it by 4%, but they only allowed €10 Euro extra per month. The cap is €660 Euro in Cork for the HAP scheme. And if you put in a new tenant you then can raise the rent, says Michael. So there's issues there. And on the issue of council houses, this person is in a council home. She says, it needs painting. I'll paint it myself, but I can't afford the paint. Will the council supply the paint? It's the outside of the house I am talking about. 
While Anne in Ballant Temple says that Bordishka were also supporters to remove uh, over the last while uh, to the lead pipes in our area here in the city. And that was two years ago. They came one day and replaced them in one house in our park. And I'm talking about us, we who own our houses after paying our mortgage for years, says Anne on WhatsApp to 0862103103. I want a texter here saying, sorry now, but Frank is talking bull. The council will only do up your house if the house is empty. I am in my home for a long time and they haven't done my windows yet. If the council want to put up the tax and indeed the rent for council tenants, then let us be able to buy our homes from the council and the text here is saying what are they going to do regarding those in council homes who are within rent arrears can they not get that back from people and I presume on that point you're making if they got that money back from people then would they be able uh, to offset that against any increases they are thinking of making when they get those arrears in from those who owe the council money for their homes they live in. And another texter here with a different view who says that council increases, no difference to people's mortgage interest rates going up, is it? And a texter here says that I am waiting over two years for somebody to fix the leaking gutters. I'm sick of asking. Uh, so they all now are going to fall down for all I care. And they then want me to pay that increase. Uh, while Michael in Castletown Bear says that the late Charles J. Hawhey said it was easier to control the government than the Cork County Council, says Michael in Castletown Bear on text to 0862103103. While Mary, uh, who was listening to that conversation earlier uh, between uh, Chris and Fermoy and Councillor Frank O'Flynn, Mary says, I'm cringing listening to Chris. My daughter is paying a massive mortgage she has to maintain pay property tax and she is now on the COVID payment, the PUP. Yet people like Chris listening to that just drive me crazy. He wants gravy on his meat, says Mary on text, while Joe Indomanway says, why shouldn't tenants pay local property tax if they have a council home? They pay minimum rent have all the repairs done for them. I earn €130 Euros a week. I own a house and I have to pay for all my repairs and my local property tax. And Joe goes on to say that I'm being punished for owning a house. It's crazy. Uh, their rents, Joe feels, should go up substantially. That's Joe in Demanway into us on text on 0862103103. On the issue that Frank spoke about regarding transfer in that conversation, uh, this texture saying, Frank is talking rubbish. I am in a three-bed house on my own. I am looking to downsize with a long time now. I have contacted the council about this. And while Frank is saying it's easy, I can't get a transfer. So I'm not sure what he's on about. And this person on text no name on this but they say that they have been on to the council regarding the windows in their council home the cold is coming in they've emailed they've rung they've done everything uh, but no one has come back to them on the matter so they leave their heating on but this is going on since the 5th of January so while Councillor O'Flynn is saying one thing uh, the reality is a lot different says that texter and Claire is on the point uh, she's asking what planet is Chris from Fermoy on uh, Claire says council tenants in this country pay very little rent and no property tax nobody asked us homeowners if we could afford property tax I live in the country no street lighting no amenities if I ring the council enough times I get the patcher to fill the potholes it's just a tax for the cheek of owning your own home. We have to pay to maintain your homes. When council tenants were asked to pay for water, the water rates were abolished. There's a serious divide in this country and Chris thinks he's hard done by, says Claire on text. 
uh, on the issue of council homes. And though is in Mallow. And as a council tenant, she has a two-bed house with two pensioners. It's €80 Euro per week. That's €320 Euro per month. She says it's very hard to get the council to service the boiler. And she says the boiler service is added into the rent. And it is supposed to be serviced every two years. She did not get any notice about this and did not know about the rent increases. She used to pay privately to get the boiler serviced. And the council never told them that they were entitled to a free service when she pays her rent into the post office it says on the receipt rent and refuse but they pay privately for the refuse collection so it's very hard to get them on the phone also and debate about this uh, says Anne who is living in a council home in Mallow Con is in for my Con says if Chris was paying private rent he would know all about it. He is very lucky to have a cheap house from the council says Con. And on the issue of council homes Jerry says what I do feel for both sides I feel that listening to both Chris and and his point and I can get what he is saying regarding his view but also and there's a few more texts in about this hearing people from the private sector uh, saying that they have to pay the rent. We must think of those who can't afford their homes and many on the streets because they simply can't have a roof over their heads. heads. So while we're all giving out about this and that, at least we have a roof over our heads. Uh, John Morris and a few more, they're getting in on that uh, situation. Now, earlier we were talking about the issue of dogs and people who bring their dogs along to the more scenic areas of this county but let them run wild dogs then are running after farm animals sheep and all of that and we've heard firsthand earlier uh, from the IFA from the ICSA on how sheep have been attacked and other animals as well and the hardship that has caused two farmers right across the county well on this there's still more texts from people who were in different areas of the county first of all uh, this person is on about dog dirt and says, can you please put it out there and ask people who were letting their dogs poop in the middle of the walkway at Liar Dan Woods uh, that you can't take your eyes off the path trying to avoid that. Uh, so people in that area, they can uh, take note and control your dogs is the message. Well, John Joe is in for Moy and John Joe says, if any dog comes into his land, he is not getting out alive, says John Joe. He has sheep and cattle and if they want to walk their dogs, they need to be kept on a lead. Simple as that, says John Joe in for Moy. While Willie is in Waterford, he is a farmer and he says people just assume that they can walk around his land. They are recognised walkways and they just wander off them onto his land it's uh, even worse he says over the last year since lockdown and maybe worse over the last few months uh, says Willie in Waterford and speaking of the dog fouling and all of that and the farming community Luke is in Mallow and Luke is saying that on that topic of dog fouling and farmers what's being done about farmers who spread slurry or come out of a dirty field and then our roads are covered with dirt. Not alone is this dangerous as it causes slippery conditions, but they seem to be able to do whatever they want, says Luke in Mallow and text to 0862103103, an issue we have discussed before on the programme, but Luke says it's unfair. Accidents could happen because of the way they are carrying out their duties. Anyhow, your views are welcome. Uh, keep them coming on text or WhatsApp 086 2103 or call 1850 333 103. More calls and comments to come on the programme in relation to those issues we've raised. But uh, we'd also be discussing positivity and this something we're going to discuss is called toxic positivity. What is that all about? We'll find out shortly uh, with our regular councillor on the show, Joe Heffernan. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork 
Cork County Council's Community Support Programme. If you or anyone you know needs help in accessing non-emergency and non-medical supports or advice, see corkcoco.ie. Mallow Meals on Wheels would like to remind people they are available Monday to Friday for deliveries to regular and new clients. They would especially like to hear from people who are isolating. You can phone Eleanor on 087-289-1641. And they're also looking for volunteers to help out in delivering meals in the Mallow area. And the Cope Foundation are repeating for people to participate in their 300,000 Steps Challenge during the month of February. You can register online at cope-foundation.com i.e. forward slash February challenge and Mornabi community they will commemorate the centenary of the ambush at Mornabi on this coming weekend they're asking for everyone in the Mornabi parish to have a candle lighting on the window of every house in their area wreath will be laid at the War of Independence monument and the national flag will be a half mast on this weekend the 13th 14th and Monday the 15th the Heritage Association will publish their book as well this weekend the story of the Morn Abbey ambush and that will be going ahead across the weekend in Morn Abbey Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 and just going back to a previous topic earlier this morning on the issue of dogs and dogs walking on farmers' lands, uh, well, not dogs walking, people walking their dogs on farmers' lands and letting them roam around. And now we have the situation of dogs chasing sheep, killing sheep in what we heard this morning from some callers and farmers uh, coming out like Dermot Kelleher has uh, from the ICSA's president of that organisation. He says he has shot dogs before and will do so again and makes no apology if a dog strays onto his land and he sees a dog attacking or chasing his sheep. That is allowed uh, by law, says Dermot. Uh, and a lot of people asking what can the dog wardens do while well, Councillor Kevin Murphy was listening uh, to our conversation earlier and joins me. Uh, good afternoon to you Kevin. Good afternoon John Paul. Okay you were listening to this and many people were asking uh, how many dog wardens have we in Cork from Cork County Council but what can they do in this situation? I mean can they uh, tell people keep your dog in a leash? Can they police or enforce this? Because there's so many sites across Cork it would be very hard uh, to visit every single site where people are misbehaving with their dogs and where dogs are chasing farm animals. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Obviously, the, the, the dog wardens are about seven in the county, and a few partners coming on board as well. So they have it well policed enough. Uh, the question here is, uh, what what can they do with it? Where the, the dog is really wild? Well, the first thing, anyway, is in last year alone there was 160 calls, call out to farmers and uh, and sheep and animals, which include uh, sheep, uh, goats. Uh, dogs and horses and everybody else being chased by dogs. And uh, effectively, the dog wardens have been very vigilant about this, very fast on the, on the ball as well. But the, the, the answer here is that if, if, a, if a person has a dog, it's supposed to be under effective control. That's what the law states. In other words, if you're walking with a, a small little dog or a small little dog who is, who is trotting way alongside you, he is under effective control. So effectively, doesn't need a lead. That, that's that's the law as such. So, if you're talking in terms of a dog who runs wild, maybe a pack of dogs run wild without leads or anything else either, then effectively they're breaking the law, and that's it. And can so, they find the person for that? I mean, is there or can, was there yes, fines issued over the last can. year, for example? They can quite distinctly on the jaw fine on the spot. No question about it. And um, and they have substantial number of fines of. Uh, a substantial number of, of prosecutions as well, but it's in talk and they've got the court as well. 
over the last three years that they've talked their 40,000 and all. But they're trying, they're trying to avoid that because what they're trying to keep the, the answer coming out is they're quite clear in their, in their, in their proposal for day. They're saying quite distinctly, keep their dog under control. And that would mean that if a dog is anywhere kind of, um, you know, fidgety or, 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 or wild, he's got to be under a lead. That's it. And, and can a dog warden know things are going to be a bit different because of COVID, but can dog wardens go along to those walkway, walkways we've heard of this morning? Uh, there's so many of them across the county, but for example, I mean, you're living in Kinsale. There's some beautiful yeah. spots in Kinsale to walk and many of those will have land uh, owned by farmers. Farmers will have animals on them. If someone, if a dog warden goes along to a site in Kinsale, for example, and sees a dog running after some animal on a field, and you have the dog owners who were taking no notice, who were giving abuse to whoever is saying you should have that on a leash. Can they find them instantly on the spot? Can, can something be done, uh, something further be done, I suppose? Because it seems to be more the attitude of people and will find work. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the dog one has that, has that, has that, um, that power. The question here is, and I've been told before, that a number of occasions they've got false names and false, and mm. false addresses either as well. So which is quite disturbing as such, but it really into if a dog is, is wandering inside the field and the wanderers in somewhere else, maybe in the, on the path next door, the effect of that dog is out of control and should have uh, the dog one should in actual fact prosecute him and, and find him. There's no question about that. Okay, the, so the that they can... John Paul, there's yeah. a last point in relation to the fouling part of it. Um, I'm living in a gorgeous spot around here and such and we, we value that very deeply. And there's no question, as far as we're concerned, the walks that are there at the moment are littered with dog fowl. And I'm saying that quite distinctly. I'm not trying to, uh, to trying to make it make it a bad case for it, but certainly people will want to watch themselves and take a dog with or their own plastic with them and to pick up that fowling. They're on the law to go and do that. And any dog that's found to fowl, um, the dog warden has stated quite distinctly that if he sees a dog uh, who has fouled, he needs to pick up that foal first day and follow the person involved uh, and do uh, and, and do a fine on him as well or how that's the case may be. So really and truly, be very careful now because the dog ones are very vigilant. There's actually one that can say this morning. So um, really and truly, we've got to be very careful of our animal. And, and in actual fact, for dogs own sake, because if he's found on, 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 on the without leash on a farmer's place, then effectively he's going to be shot. There's no question about that. And for uh, you mentioned Kinsale there and dog dirt. Is it really bad in the walkways in the Kinsale area? Because this morning we've got it from various other parts of the county whereby people are saying it's ridiculous in walkways that have become popular. They're covered in dog dirt. I mean, there's enough messages, enough signs up saying it would be fine. And why you mentioned dog wardens are out in, is that the town of Kinsale this morning that they're out in? No, the, 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 no, of course, it's the footpaths, the walking footpaths outside Kinsale have been found. I've been there. I've been walking an awful amount of walking the last couple of months here. Effectively, we can see that there are um, lovely footpaths and fabulous walks on the footpaths going around. Can say. We have a lot, lots of walks around. Can say, you know. mm. But I'm talking in terms of the footpath walks, have, have parts of it have been very dirty, and let's be fair and square. It's just a plea out to the people involved, for God's sake. This is, first of all, it's hygienically um, disgusting to see that happening. And I, I wake out a plea as well for people who have buggies and who have wheelchairs. And they can come back in home and see the, the foal on that wheelchair on that buggy. It is disgusting, the smell of it, and it's unhygienic as well, and in danger of pollution as well, as I'm talking. So, really and truly, please, please, for God's sake, t- 
pick, pick up the phone if they're there with your dog and take it home. That's the answer. Yeah, a lot of this is going back to, again, as we heard earlier, people's attitudes and people's responsibility and just people's cop on. If you have a pet and we're aware that so many people have purchased dogs, especially over the last year or so because of everything going on, uh, for some reason everybody felt they had to buy a dog and they had that dog now. They're taking it out for a walk, but it's you can't blame the dog. A dog is going to do what a dog is going to do. It's the owner has to take responsibility. So I think it's, it's owner responsibility, Kevin, at the end of the day. But also, you were letting people know dog wardens are still working and maybe it's time at the weekends. If they do their work weekends, dog wardens, they do. And actual fact, they can they can take calls at any time. It's just an urgency. They can take calls at any time. And I know for the fact that they have worked uh, recently. I know quite well there's a dog warden who is very vigilant. In actual fact, in this area, and I know that all of them have 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 a, have a, have a great a great fulfilment and have an actual fact a great attitude as well. But it's important to the owners. Uh, but they are saying quite distinctly, look, um, if you look at the, what damage a dog can do, we say for our second hockey sheep or cattle or goats or just a bee, it is absolutely appalling to see the, mm. the injury and the hurt and the, the, and the and the damage that can be done to poor, you know, poor innocent animals. It is dreadful. And I think anybody who wants a dog should take that into account and to see if they can, if they're doing that kind of work, they should be prosecuted straight away. There's no question for it. Yeah, and I think maybe the dog wardens will have to visit some of those scenic locations we've spoken about this morning to deter that from continuing to happen across the city and county for the moment. Kevin, thanks for joining us this afternoon on the Common Line. Councillor Kevin Murphy there from Kinsale. And Mick is in the Carrick-Navarre area. He says there are a lot of people when we're talking about walking, out walking at night with no reflective jackets on a country or back roads. It's very dangerous for drivers, says Mick in Carrick-Navarre, while Eileen is in Cormac Shirley. She says as the dog falling in Cork Mac is atrocious and people have dogs as a fashion statement now and they're being treated like babies says Eileen in Cork Mac Shirley in 1850 and something that has happened over the last year dogs have become like a fashion statement haven't they anyhow more on that discussion tomorrow but on the way next our regular uh, show councillor Joe Heffernan joins us and we're going to discuss positivity positive thinking but also we're going to hear about talks of Positivity. What is toxic positivity? What's that all about? We'll find out next. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And just our final few comments in on the issue of dog dirt and people's attitudes when it comes to owning a dog and letting the dog run free. Jura's in for Moy and uh, Jura says, last Friday morning on the way to the shop, I counted nine dog poos in the space of 450 metres. Now there's a primary school in this space also just as well that school was closed but people taking their dog for walks need to uh, behave and look at what their dog is doing I suppose is another way of looking at that. Clonacilty very bad as well when it comes to dog dirt uh, says another texter. Thank you for your calls on 1850 text or WhatsApp 0862103103. That is something we'll get back to on tomorrow's show and Noreen has been in touch with us in the last few minutes to say that they have proper snow in Listowel and staying on the ground so uh, snowing heavy uh, in the Listowel area we'll have to wait and see what will happen here in Cork over the next while but uh, let's talk about positivity our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan joins us as usual on a Tuesday afternoon afternoon to you Joe good afternoon JP and something that everybody is clinging to at the moment and that is positivity and positive thinking and you are all for that uh, at the moment and we need to talk more about the value of uh, positive thinking Joe but uh, within positive thinking and within someone else's positivity you could be also making a judgement call and that happens a lot Joe and we mightn't be aware we're doing that Absolutely yeah 
because like the positivity that counts the positivity that's good for you comes from within from within yourself um uh, someone else's positivity um, might in fact come uh, in a way that would sound almost judgmental. Now, to explain that, um, uh, if you said to a person, um, my job has gone, uh, you know, uh, I have, uh, I've no job now. And if the person says, well, look on the bright side, that's not what you want to hear. That's really what you do not want to hear. Because it kind of suggests that the fact that you're feeling down is somehow kind of wrong. Um, you know, that, that, that's not how you should feel. Um, uh, you should be uh, looking on the bright side. And... On that particular, at that particular time, you might be seeing no bright side. So that instead of listening to you and instead of saying, gosh, that's a, that's a tough one now, um, uh, you know, uh, in other words, um, uh, an empathic uh, response, um, it somehow kind of dismisses what you've just said, that you've just lost your job and that you're feeling uh, down. So, like, you don't want to hear, um, come on, be positive, you know. Yeah, because the, people who are telling you this for a reason, they might want their feelings to be listened to and for you to validate what's happening. So why uh, you can say, oh, God, you know, that's awful and how are you feeling about it and why did it happen and were they cutting back? And you, you, you talk it out to see the reason for that person losing their job. And a lot of people might have been through this in the last year by various to various companies because of everything going on. But you could add in the positivity at the end by saying, well, I saw on this recruitment website they're looking for this or did you hear this company are expanding and bringing the positive that way but also dealing with the fact that this person has just for them they've lost everything around them the job is paying their mortgage the job is who they are it's it's also a, a, a kind of a, a life stance for people it's what they do they tell people on a yeah. night out what do you do I work in this sector yeah. do you know yeah. it's a big thing it's not just a job itself exactly exactly um, so you're, you're spot on that um, to ask maybe the right questions instead of offering a, a quick fix solution. Um, you know, um, how how long how how long ago did the, when did the job go? Um, gee, and have you been feeling like this ever since? Um, and the person then will open up a bit. You could um, say um, that's a tough situation now, and have you support while you're going through this? Um, and the the person might open up a little bit about um, yeah that like if they go for a walk on a place uh, that they that they like that it helps a bit um, that they when they share it with a person at home or with a friend um, uh, say a phone call even or a text even um, that they could feel maybe a bit better because. Basically, the bottom line here is that a person wants to share how they feel. And uh, as I say, um, uh, the completely um, uh, toxic, if you like, it's even called uh, toxic uh, positivity. The, 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 the response that they don't want is, ah, well, look, it could be worse. 
I mean, as far as they're concerned, it is already worse. Um, it's 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 bad. Um, uh, or by just saying you'll be grand and moving on to another topic when it's clear that person wants to talk about what's happened to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that can often be an avoidance thing um, from the person who should be listening. It's really that they don't want to take on board the other person's um, uh, depression. Um, they'd rather go on to talk about, um, did you see the match last night? Or um, uh, that would be like after the prelude of um, uh, it could be worse or um, uh, you'll be grand in a while. The person isn't grand and they want to talk about the fact that they're not grand. So um, in a way, you're sort of um, minimizing or even dismissing their feelings and uh, and, and you're more or less um, um, shaming them in a way because you're kind of suggesting that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that, uh, that they're not being positive at all and that they should be, which is very judgmental and kind of shaming. The other person could even feel guilty. They could think like, oh, God, um, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this at all. Um, so, I mean, if that happens, obviously the person has, 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 um, has picked the wrong person to share it with. But anyway, um, and we, we've all been guilty of it at times. Um, um, you know, there's a silver lining to every cloud. But maybe today the person wants to talk about the cloud rather than the silver lining. So instead of making them feel um, guilty about sharing uh, how they feel, um, and instead of trying to avoid, in a way, their um, their authentic um, uh, feeling, uh, uh, this uh, this kind of toxic um, positivity comes in, uh, and it's it's simply not helpful. And I mean, I'd put my hand up, and I'm sure most people would, and say. Gee, I meant well. Of course, a person means well. Um, the, those kind of statements are—they're um, well-intentioned. It's just that we we need to know, and hopefully we'd be more aware that we need to know that they're not helpful. Um, we we need to know um, that really the person wants to share about what's happened and how they're feeling, and that we are willing uh, to lend an ear. Uh, to how they are. And with people being busy at the moment, Joe, and at home, maybe homeschooling and working from home, they may have less time, even though people are saying they may have more time on their hands because we're all at home. They could have less time with everybody being at home and working from home. Someone, someone does trust in you to tell you whatever is bothering them at the moment or if they have lost their job or if they have fallen out of a relationship and they're, they're trusting you with that information nothing as you said no one meant any harm by it but because if you're under pressure and you're watching the clock and you're new at 8 o'clock I must get the children to bed and I must do this that and the other thing you could go okay God that's all for you but it will get better you'll find somebody else or you'll find another job and you move on to hurry up the conversation that could be something that is happening a lot at the moment and could form part of that toxic positivity without actually someone meaning in, in causing any harm oh absolutely I, I would imagine um, and I would be I would completely and utterly believe that the person who says the um, you'll be grand and there's always a silver lining to every cloud and uh, look on the bright side 
they absolutely mean well. Um, They're not saying at the back of their heads, um, I got to get rid of this person. No, they're not. They mean well. But it's just that it's very um, uh, beneficial to know about that kind of um, uh, imposed positivity on another when, in fact, they're down and and they, they want someone to listen to how they are. So one, awareness is always um, a good thing. And once we're aware that the next time that we say, ah, you'll be grand or, you know, be positive now and all that, that we might just say to ourselves, I wonder now, is that the right way to approach this? Maybe the person just wants to listen. Maybe I don't have to come up with any magic solution. Maybe I don't have to um, uh, tell them uh, this could work. Now, I would agree with you 110% about, uh, we'll say, using the same um, example of the job loss. No harm at all in saying, did you know that such a company, um, I, I've heard that they are hiring at the moment because however it is in the lockdown, they seem to be busier than ever. And the person might say, oh, right, um, I'll give them a ring or I'll send them a CV. So that kind of uh, positivity, you see, is not in any way judgmental um, about how they're feeling. It's not telling them that they should feel better or different. But what it is doing is offering a very ordinary um, suggestion that maybe this would be a way um, uh, forward. And uh, you'd never know. It might even work out that the person would be ringing the following week to say that they landed that job. Um, so, I mean, what we need to realise, I suppose, is that it's a privilege a privilege when someone trusts you with their innermost um, and maybe indeed hurt feelings. So we need to be careful that we don't go in with the with the big boots and, and walk on, on how they're feeling, um, even though that we wouldn't do that ever on purpose. But we just might um, go with the, uh, the be positive bit and... Um, and uh, and now, hopefully, we would be aware that maybe that's not the way to go right now. Maybe the person just wants to share how they are. Uh, maybe that, um, you know, the few minutes spent listening and um, validating the feeling, you know, God, that must be a tough old situ- situation. Um, uh, you know, uh, that could be exactly what the person needs. Yeah, and and you mentioned they're listening. That could be the big thing, just to listen to that person telling you the information, telling them or telling you whatever it is has happened to them. And instead of you just saying it'll be fine and just to open up and give and and there's nothing wrong with saying there could be a job down the road here uh, but at least you're engaging with them and there's a bit of a solution coming from there and it may help them some bit without being as we're calling it toxic positive Uh, you you can be positive but not 
over positive when somebody is going through a very very bad time yeah. uh, and it will make things better for them but we do know at the moment anyhow Joe we do all need uh, positivity so it's good we to discuss that just in how we, we deal, deal with it is another issue but yeah. we do need positivity at the moment and people need to stay positive and, and stay happy if they can yeah. at all costs so for the yeah. moment Joe we leave it there but we will chat to you again next week and thanks for joining us and for you stay positive Joe I will indeed and watch the toxic positivity Okay. okay. <laughs> Take care, Joe. Thanks, Thanks for joining Jackie. us. Yeah. Uh, that is Bye. Joe Heffern in there, our regular counsellor on the show. He's an accredited counsellor. You can contact Joe on 029 766 Enjoy your afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.